Hi, my name is Joseph. Welcome to part 27 of Digimon Seekers. Uh, 27 Hacker Leon WWW Airlines Flight 626. So the first quote I want to look at is a very, a very light-hearted one. The cafe security was lighter relative to the rest of the DDL and was far and away less slightly controlled than the, uh, than the D4 division. He bought a drink and sat down at the table. So Leo, or Leon, sorry. Nah, Leo's fine. You're, you're the only one who ever caught me that, believe it or not, Leo said with a laugh. Eiji tried to cast his mind back, but his memories prior to elementary school were, inst were an indistinct haze of shapes and colors. <clears throat> I just like this quote because it really helps to set up the lightheartedness, uh, the, the lightheartedness or the warmth of this part. The warmth that I'm talking about is just two friends who are catching up. And actually, I do believe I'm going to read from this part. The narrative actually states, it, uh, states this itself. How um, oftentimes it's not uncommon for friends to just go off on their own and thus to start drifting away from one another. But sometimes life offers an opportunity for reunions. And I just really like this because um, I'm at the point of my life where I have encountered uh, past friendships, past relationships out in the wild. And it's been really fun reconnecting and having discussions. We always do that um, that that song and dance where we say well we, we exchange information we'll say we'll get back uh, we'll get back to uh communicating with one another um uh, but that may not always be the case right but the fact is is still we have that opportunity to re that opportunity to reconnect and sometimes when we reconnect a french or a uh, a friendship that was dormant ends up becoming reignited there's two that i could think of right off the top of my head that's like that i also like it how it establishes that there's uh some form of uh, familiarity between E.G. and Leon despite this long uh, period of um, not communicating with one another and the fact that E.G. so easily slips into using Leon's nickname Leo again I think that's indicative of, uh, of, of their relationship the fact that despite this golf of not communicating they still treat one another as if uh, uh, they were always communicating uh, maybe I'm looking too much into it but I just really like that and I think it says it says a lot about uh, both of these characters both E.G. and Leon I think it makes sense for E.G. to be the way that he is, right? As the readers, we know uh, how his characterization is. Moving forward. At the time, Leon was completely absorbed by raising Digimon in a handheld game that wasn't sold on the market. Then he got into a different middle school than E.G. and they slowly drifted apart. So uh, shortly after, Leon heard from his parents that they were returning to America. It all happened suddenly and had to do with his father's job. The offer itself was fantastic, but if I'd known, I wouldn't have bothered with those interest exams, Leon said, with a measure of exhaustion. Yeah, I bet. Leon felt lonely at the time, but friendships at that stage of life uh, changed on a whim. Even changing classes was enough to break them, never mind changing schools. Even now, E.G. Hadn't, uh, e. hadn't bothered to keep in touch with his high school friends. So it goes. Sometimes, though, life provides chance reunions like this. So I did jump the gun a little bit. This is the quote that I mentioned in the, previous, uh, in the first part. Uh, this, I think, goes hand-in-hand hand with the previous quote. Just, I really like how the narration is picking up on um, this dormant relationship between E.G. and Leon, and now it's becoming ignited again. It's becoming active again. What's going to happen with this friendship? We'll see as the story progresses, right? Uh, Leon is a hacker, while his, uh, E.G. is a code cracker. That's like uh, Leon being a detective, while his E.G. is a, uh, a Batman figure, <laughs> a vigilante. So even though they have similar mindsets and similar goals, the way that they approach their goals is just a little bit different. Uh, will this be a strain on their relationship? We'll see, but I don't think it will be. I think maybe at first it will be a slight obstacle and we're actually already seeing 
how this is an obstacle uh, within this part. And we'll get to that shortly. Um, I just also like how he, uh, Leon's talking about the past. Had he known that he was going to move back to America, he would not have taken those entrance exams. In case one is unaware, uh, apparently Japan, uh, I'm from the West, uh, more specifically uh, America, and we don't have, we do have entrance exams, but only for private schools. I'm trying to think about, pri for private universities, uh, for public universities, there used to be entrance exams, but now one just places in uh, according to their high school GPA. Um, but one student does need to apply. To my understanding in Japan, and I think this works a little bit similarly in the UK as well, but not to this extent. Uh, in Japan, when one is about to graduate their high school careers, there is an entrance exam that one needs to take, and that score determines which university the student is able to apply. So even before they can apply, the student has to take the test, and based on that score, they could then apply after that. So it's just nice to see how Leon self-reflects on the past and how he's thinking about his sudden changes in his life and how that affected him. Uh, yet despite that, I'll argue that it, it benefited him. Uh, it stated that being a student at uh, the Tokyo University uh, is one of the hardest things one could become. Uh, it's one of the hardest universities to become accepted to, much less to work uh, personally with Professor Ruzenji. Um, but yeah, moving on forward. E.G. and Leon turned their attention away from their Digimon and continued catching one another up on their lives. Though they never consciously labeled one of their best friends, had he asked them at the time, they would likely have said each other's name in response. E.G. still held Leon in high regard, his memories of that time perfectly crystallized in his mind. Leon felt the same, probably. Not that it mattered. They were far too young to go around, tr uh, to go around trap, uh, excuse me, to go around trapping themselves in some imagined nostalgic past conjured out of distant memories. So, just that I don't know if slice of life is the correct term to describe this as, but one can't see it. But I'm assuming that one is reading the story themselves as, as they watch these videos. Or not at the same time, but one knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> they read the story either last night, this morning, and then when they have time, they watch this video. So I'm going to assume one has also seen the pictures. And I just really love the picture that we have on Digimon Seekers. I think this might be the first picture that I'm actually going into detail about. But we have in the background Eiji sipping his tea and Leon with his, uh, it look, it's probably tea as well, but it looks more like a coffee cup. Um, with his hand up and they're just chit-chatting while it's in the forefront. We have Logomon who looks quite pissed off, uh, very standoffish. And we have Postmon who's looking uh, curiosically happy, right? But we know from the audience, from the narration that he's just being happy uh, 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 to be annoying, right? He's being condescendingly uh, positive. Give me a quick second everyone, let me drink some quick water. Uh, I probably made this joke before, but I'm starting to sound like like an NPR host. <laughs> I don't know if one has seen um, Parks and Rec, um, but the anyways, but stupid joke. Oh no, I think I dropped some water myself, but that's fine. It's okay. At least it's not tea, coffee, or soda, right? <laughs> it's just water. Anywho, another thing I like about this uh, quote. Uh, it really reminds me of um, two, so two other stories. The first one being the bear, slight spoilers for the season two. Um, but in the bear, who loses show the bear by Christopher Starr. Um, the main character Carmine, uh, another character asks him if another character who who goes by the name of Fac, if Fac is Carmine's best friend. And in fact, in, in fact, the word in fact. Let me start over. Uh, this other character actually states that Fac states that Fac says. 
that he and Carmine are best friends. Is this true? And Carmine chuckles a little bit and goes, no, that's not true. And he stops and thinks about it a little bit and goes, never mind, that's probably true. He is my best friend. We are best friends. Here's <laughs> one of those aspects where when one has a best friend, one doesn't really talk about it or highlight it, right? It kind of just happens naturally and organically. And it's just something that's acknowledged. It doesn't have to be acknowledged directly. It's just something that's, that, uh, that could be indirectly acknowledged. Another example about this is from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 with how uh, Peter Quill keeps saying that Rocket Raccoon is his best friend, but then the other characters say, oh, well, uh, best friend currently in the room, uh, present company excluded, right? <laughs> so just, that's just like that playful little banter. Or not even banter, but the fact that they both had that same mindset. If they were asked, who's your best friend? E.G. would say Leon. And Leon would say, "E.G." Uh, I also do enjoy how the, the way this quote ends as well. Not that it mattered. They were far too young to go around tap, uh, trapping themselves in some imagined nostalgic past conjured out of distant memories. I suppose I just like that because I, I like how the narration is keeping in mind that our protagonists are 19 years old. And I'm not saying that 19-year-olds can't become nostalgic. Uh, but I would argue that the, um, that the natural, organic nostalgic feelings when that occurs becomes much more commonplace as one generates more life experience. I'm trying to recall at 19, I probably, uh, ironically enough, would have been nostalgic for Digimon because when I was 19 at that point, I hadn't re-seen Digimon since I was uh, in elementary school. And in fact, I think I rewatched it um, when I was about 20 or 21, so not too far away from that. So, um, did, would, if I had seen it at 19 though, would I describe it as nostalgic? Probably, yeah. Uh, but I'll probably also keep in mind with these other shows that I want to continue watching, like during that time, Supernatural. I think Lost was on as well. So maybe I shouldn't focus on the past and focus on these present stories. Excuse me, everyone. I'm not going to lie my cat. I am brushing her fur, but unfortunately, because it is the summertime, she's still shedding. So that's why I'm rubbing, my, I'm rubbing my nose a lot. And you might be able to see some of the fur flying around. So I, uh, thank you for your patience in regards to that. Anywho, um, but yeah, so I do like that about this quote. Moving forward... Uh, yeah, but you're not just a hacker. You're in Japan and a student at Tokyo, uh, at Tokyo Electrical, no less. E.G. mentioned that he sometimes came to DDL for work when Leon texted, and they agreed to meet up. Studying here has been my goal ever since we moved. Indeed, this was the best place for anyone looking to learn more about Digimon or the digital world. It was one of the toughest, Jap uh, it was one of the toughest Japanese universities to get into, and only a handful of those who accepted actually got to work with Professor Rujinji. Which brings me to the second surprising thing. You're one of Professor Rujinji's students. I've been working with him as well, A.G. said, probably emphasizing the last part. Leon recounted his history with the eccentric professor. This really emphasizes what the audience is probably thinking about Leon, that Leon is very much an astounding individual. As already been established in the past part, when Leon uh, stumbled, instead of just staying on the floor uh, figuratively, he made the conscious effort to pat himself up, or rather, pat himself off, and continue what he wanted to do, become essentially, quote-unquote, better. Actually, I, I don't think I mentioned this, but in the previous part, I love how it was mentioned that Leon was crying after he injured Postmon, after he accidentally put Postmon in a dangerous situation that he was not yet ready for, and thus he was grievously injured. Uh, it was stated that Leon was crying about that, and I really do appreciate that because uh, um, that really shows how much care and how much love that, he, uh, that Leon has towards not just Postmon, but what he's doing in general. But again, despite him crying, one might be thinking, oh, what a crybaby. No, quote unquote, real man cries. Uh, yet despite that, right, Leon stands up and pushes forward. And I think that's a very, um, 
mature thing to do. And that's reinforced right here. Well, why was Leon able to do that? Well, because he has the characteristics to be able to go into a university that's highly competitive. Not only that, but end up working with an individual who is at the forefront of his field and very few get to do. Now, Mon might be wondering, well, that's great for Leon. I don't like Leon. What about EG? Well, don't worry. This quote, actually, this passage, actually, I think, reinforces um, EG's skills as well. Uh, although Leon did it through the formal way, we mustn't forget, we being the audience, that the only reason why EG has a relationship with the professor is because through a series of, uh, I don't want to say tests, but a series of um, jobs that EG did with the professor. I am going to assume that the professor didn't just start speaking with EG and that was it. He was more than likely speaking with a big group of code hackers, maybe not a big group, but a sizable group of code, cra code hackers, code crackers, excuse me. And EG was the one who ended up proving that he had the most, um, me uh, the most skill, the most progress uh, to do what the professor wants to do, which is what, again, to protect the digital world and its inhabitants, or the, dig uh, the digital world and the Digimon. Um, so the fact that Leon did this formally, that's awesome, but the fact that EG did this informally, well, that's nothing to scoff at as well. Uh, EG was able to do this and work with the professor through outside external means. So I think this passage is meant to really emphasize, again, that Leon is a strong, charismatic individual, but so is EG. They both have a really strong driving force behind them, and I really do appreciate that. It's awesome. Moving on, this is a bit of a longer quote. The professor gave it the linker strap to me for a job. The Digimon 2. Oh, keep this between us, yeah? It's sort of testing, it's, it's some sort of testing a Digimon raising job. EG. These Digimon linkers are more important than you realize, Leon said, visibly stiffening. Oh yeah? They're highly classified Abbott and electronics devices. I thought I was the only one aside from the police who had one. I've gotta say, I'm a little ticked to find out that that's not the case. He said a bit too sharply to be joking. Ichi sat in silence for a moment. A digital world researcher personally reaching out to a code cracker for a job isn't the weird part. It's rather the, excuse me, it's rarer than hiring a hacker, but not unheard of, Leon continued. Yeah, like... Go get me this weird Digimon, right? I think it was a, Mod a Moduki Betamon that I caught for him, E.G. interjected. Uh, excuse me, everyone. Let me quickly... Um... Oh, man, unfortunately, I don't have any tissue papers on me. So I do... I do I'm going to ask for your patience. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Uh, next time in the future, I'll make sure to have some a tissue clinics box on hand. Um, it's my cat's fur. It's getting everywhere. <laughs> um... He does like his Betamon, but my point is that he should have asked me, his actual people, to do this job instead of a code cracker. E.G. sat in stunned silence. Was Leon jealous? E.G. put himself in Leon's shoes. He definitely had a stronger relationship with the professor, excuse me, a longer relationship with the professor, who personally introduced him to the world of Digimon. Leon was a true believer, a passionate fan of Professor Rigini's work, not that E.G. wasn't. So what I like about this passage is that it really highlights the realities of reunions between old friends. Um, I love how Leon's really being humanized right here, and so is EG. EG is able to uh, exercise some sympathizing, sympathizing, and empathizing skills and put himself into Leon's position. He could just as easily sh close himself off and become upset at Leon. Think to himself, oh wow, Leon is just your typical university student who's just arrogant and fool themselves. Screw you, I don't want to work with you. But instead, EG takes the moment, even if it's just a couple seconds, to think about Leon's perspective and see it from his point of view. And I think that's really mature of EG. But on the flip side, 
I also think it's telling that Leon is jealous. And I think as the audience, we can't really blame Leon for being jealous. And I'm really looking forward to the story tackling this. Is the story going to do something with this or is it just going to brush it off to the side? Uh, we'll see as, it's, as the narration continues. But I'm really hoping that this jealousy aspect will not just uh, be forgotten. We're going to come back to it. Another aspect I liked... Again, just really emphasizing how the linker shops are unique. Uh, Leon, they're so unique that Leon truly believed that only the DG police and himself had one. He was unaware of others having a linker shop, right? So it makes uh, myself wonder, oh, I wonder if anyone else has a linker shop due to the professor or maybe it was stolen from him, right? Because we can't forget that uh, members from the Sons of Chaos, they do have uh, the linker shops as well. I always thought your weakness, as you put it, was just you doing your own thing, E.G. finally said, leaving the Digimon to their banter. Yeah, I never seen you cry or anything. The whole weak thing didn't square with Leon, uh, with the Leon E.G. knew. Yeah, I guess not, Leon said, nodding. I think you're the only person other than my dad who actually understood me. That's why I took to you. Oh, Postmon. It's not about who's stronger or weak or stronger or weaker. What matters is that the strongest protect the weak. Excuse me. What matters is that the strong protect the weak. Yeah, listen to him, Logomon. You know I've looked on you this whole time, haven't you? You have? Uh, so two aspects to this quote. The beginning aspect, I love how when they talk about the definition of weakness, I'm not talking about physical meekness, but rather it's a matter of perspective again. For Leon, he thought his stoic nature, his introvertedness was a sign of weakness, that he wasn't able to communicate and connect with uh, uh, his peers and people within his community. But from E.G.'s point of view, from E.G.'s perspective, what he saw instead was not weakness, or rather was not someone who was isolated and shy, but rather he saw someone who was poised and in control. Again, really emphasizing that perspective and that point of view and why it matters, why context matters as well. And what I also like about this quote and what I find really interesting is how it ends. Yeah, listen to him, Logomon. You know I've looked down on you this whole time, haven't you? You have? And it ends at this point, because after this, this is when Hatsumi and her friend comes into the picture. So again, like with the previous jealousy aspect, I'm really hoping the story picks up on this. It's not just going to leave it behind. Uh, such grievous harm is a direct result of the cyber attack perpetrated by criminal code crackers. And we are likely to attack with a fury the likes of which has never seen before. A large monitor hung, hung from the cafe ceiling, and the news was playing the dictator of the ex-nation's response to the cyber attack. Everyone turned to watch. Ugh, another code cracker attack, Hatsune's friend said with disgust. Even as, a DDD, even as a DDL employee, she didn't have much reason to think about the digital world or the truth behind Digimon crimes. Sure, she's seen a Digimon or two now, but she wasn't necessarily any better informed than someone off the street and didn't have to be. The attack on the server, the dictator's fight to keep the SOC from taking the nation's state secret in Sinjumon, the interruption from the hacker who goes by judge, all D4 classified, naturally. So what I like, what I enjoy about that quote is just it goes back to the world building, really emphasizing again and how about how the digital world and Digimon are not public knowledge, is not well known, and even if it was, a lot of people would be like uh, Hatsumi's friend. They wouldn't be putting much stock or much uh, uh, importance to it. Why? Well, because it's just a factor that they're not really putting at the forefront, right? Kind of like cybersecurity. I'm sure a lot of us are concerned about that, but most of us are not going to be putting that. We're not going to be thinking about that uh, every day. It's not the first thing that we're going to be worried about, right? There's other issues like paying bills, uh, family, one has family, relationships, and so forth, right? So I really did enjoy this part. I'm not going to lie. I do wish we got more banter between EG and Leon. 
But from what we did get, I did appreciate. And just like last time, I'm looking forward to how the relationship is going to progress from here. And I'm loving how it's not just uh, rainbows and flowers, rainbows and daisies. There's some aspects that obviously Leon and eventually I think EG is going to have to communicate and um, discuss. Like this whole jealousy issue and this whole uh, code cracker versus hacker thing as well. What did you think about um, the relationship betrayed here? Are you intrigued by what was uh, demonstrated? Uh, do you think it's natural? Uh, and are you enjoying at this point Digimon Seekers still? The question I have for everyone today is, um, what's everyone's favorite non-rookie form for Digimon? So not the, uh, I guess it could be the baby form. I said non-rookie slash non-child. For me, I suppose it's gonna have to be um, probably Gururumon. Uh, either Gururumon or War Gururumon. I do like Middle Gururumon, but I'm not gonna lie. Um, the middle aspects, while cool, I just like the, the fluffy aspects more. So that's why I'm going with Gururumon because while I do love and enjoy War Gururumon, uh, he, he's not as fluffy, right? <laughs> because he knows how to box and stuff. While Gururumon, I'd argue, is still uh, quite fluffy. Uh, anyways, thanks for watching. I really do appreciate it. Have a prodigious day. Thank you so much for your patience as well. Next time I'll have a box of Kleenex near me and uh, I'll make sure to bush my cat more, at the very least before the video too. Have a great day, a prodigious day, and take care.